Welcome to the Salvation Army's Behind the Shield. Each week, we'll be bringing you conversations about the mission of the Salvation Army right here in East Tennessee. For more information about the show and the work the Salvation Army is doing here in Knoxville, Tennessee, visit SalvationArmySoundcast.org forward slash BTS. Or you can visit SalvationArmyKnoxville.org. And welcome to another episode of the Salvation Army's Behind the Shield. We are joined by Major Cam Henderson, our area hey. commander here in the Knoxville Area Command. And also, uh, of course, I'm Ron, uh, the development director. I'm usually here, so you're used to hearing me. But here we also have a featured guest, Direct satellite uplink. I've mentioned that before, but it's sort of uh, my phone. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> thanks for joining us. This is Major Mark Hunter. And uh, Major, thank you very much for joining us today. Absolutely. And greetings from Memphis, Tennessee. Yeah. Um, great, great to see you at uh, different times where you and I and the other folks from Salvation Army get together from Tennessee and Kentucky. And uh, so it's great hearing you, your voice on the phone and uh, grateful to you for your service. We know we've been you've been serving a lot down over there in Memphis but also have uh, gone out and done some service other ways. But uh, we'd love to just meet you a little bit. Tell us a little bit about uh Oh, about absolutely. Yeah. So originally I'm a Carolina boy. I came from uh, North Carolina. And so I've been involved with the Salvation Army for probably about 30, 35 years. Uh, we uh, started as soldiers uh, and attended the Corps there in Gastonia, North Carolina, really fell in love with the Salvation Army because of its service work. You know, we're a church. And a lot of people don't know that, but that's how we got involved with with the church services. Mm. And one of the things that really allowed me to fall in love with the Salvation Army is that it puts its faith into practice. You know, a lot of churches say a lot and they do a lot of good things. But to me, the Salvation Army, I mean, we had prison ministries. We had youth activities. I mean, we had boys and girls clubs where we were developing young people. We had senior programs. So there was just a lot going on in our home core. And we fell in love with the Salvation Army. Wow. I come out of a background of construction and manufacturing. So, you know, I've got a little bit of a operational spirit, mm-hmm. which primed me to be good at disaster services. Mm-hmm. And so, again, the Salvation Army being able to really u- utilize people's skill sets, yeah. uh, I was able to serve on a number of disasters. So, yeah, I've got a lot of experience. Okay, well, you mentioned you mentioned a city there, Gastonia. Uh, is yeah. that is that Gastonia, South Carolina? No, that's Gastonia, North Carolina. It sits right on the border of of, of North and South Carolina. Okay, it's just a little bit southwest of Charlotte. Most people know about Charlotte, North Carolina, uh, but that that is just a a border on on northern South Carolina line. Okay, the region just lost anybody in the audience who's from North Carolina when you said, "Is that South Carolina?" I said, "No, it's not." Click. <laughs> well, the reason the reason I brought that up is because um uh my wife and I moved here to Knoxville, back here um from uh, Lake Wiley, South Carolina. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm very familiar with Lake Wiley. Yeah, yeah so it's so, a fixed there a lot. Gastonia, yes, and I did too. Uh, Gastonia is uh, so close. I, I I just assumed it was in South Carolina, but it's in North Carolina. <laughs> That's my fault. Anyway, uh, it's it, South Carolina needs Gastonia. That's actually a good town. <laughs> but, anyway, well, no Mark, problem. Well, thank you for sharing that, uh, sharing a little bit of your background. Uh, and you, as I understand it, you work a lot with the disaster services portion uh, of the Salvation Army now. And uh, if you wouldn't mind, just tell us a little bit about what it is that you do. Uh, with the Salvation Army? So, yeah, as an area commander, I oversee all the operations here in what we call Memphis in the Mid-South, which it it consolidates over seven counties. So we're responsible to 
oversee the operations for seven counties, uh, four of those in Tennessee, three of those in Mississippi, and one of those in Arkansas. Uh, and so we've got things like a women's shelter. We've got one of the seven croc centers are positioned in our uh, service area. Mm-hmm. We also have an adult rehabilitation center, which I don't oversee, but we, we collaborate a lot on our services between uh, what we do and what the ARC does. And then, of course, we've got, you know, our disaster canteen goes out on a regular basis to feed in, in locations where the homeless, uh, you know, they gather. And so we're able to go out and minister to them give them meals, get them connected to services. So that's kind of the overview or, or the 30,000-foot view of what we do. Uh, it would take hours for me to really yeah. get down in the weeds and say all that we do. But what I can tell you is what we do the most of is change lives. Yeah. Uh, we provide an environment for people that are struggling, whether it's with poverty or some kind of addiction or you know maybe it's just that they, they have some insecurities. What we do is we provide an environment for people to come into, they can assess, get plugged into services, and improve their lives. Right. You you mentioned the um, ARC, the Adult Rehabilitation Center. Um, that for the audience is is for drugs and alcohol um, substance or other substance uh, misuse, and um, and you have that for uh, the men and women there. But you also have it in your area command for for ladies there. So you all are serving for uh, in addictions as well as for families and individuals. Just so many different ways. If you've got needs, um, the Salvation Army, or I'm sure you have lots of partners in, in that community as well, but Salvation Army's got, um, can try to offer some help to you. Yeah, we're one of the only uh, women's shelter that will allow women to come to us and keep their children. Uh, a lot of times whenever a woman becomes displaced and homeless, they're separated from their children, yeah. uh, and their children go into foster care, and so uh, a lot of the ladies get into trouble. The court system will recognize the great services that we do through our shelter and program. Mm. And they will, they will uh, instead of incarcerating the ladies, they will say, if you'll go and work the Salvation Army program, we'll allow you to go there and keep your children, but you've got to, you've got to go there and be willing to work the program. <clears throat> and wow. so a lot of our ladies come that way. But, yeah, we, we deal with single women who come to our emergency shelter, uh, and they just have been displaced. Maybe it's been a bad relationship. Maybe it's been a job loss, or maybe they came here after a job and then lost it. Yeah. For whatever reason, they lost mm. home. Well, we've got women and children uh, who may have an addiction, or they just may, again, it may be domestic violence. It may be some of the circumstances that cause them to become homeless. Uh, they can come here. Uh, yeah. We also work with the youth, you know, mm-hmm. Being a homeless youth is is really uh, traumatizing. So we have a youth staff who is uh, certified counselors, and they help the young people with coping skills. They help them if they're struggling with anger or even struggling in school academically. Uh, we have staff here that can help the young people uh, understand where they are and the fact that they can still improve their lives along with the ladies that come through the program. Wow. That's great. Praise the Lord. I love that you have a focus on uh, on the youth uh, that are that find themselves in that situation. I can't imagine. Uh, you know, I had a um, an upbringing where I, I, my family wasn't wealthy or anything by any stretch. They were actually quite uh, poor, but uh, but I grew up around a lot of family and in, in, in the woods, and you know that's just I'm from the sticks. But I always had a place to sleep. I always had a home. I always had food to eat. It wasn't always what I wanted, but I always had it. And so I have. 
um, I do have a heart for those that don't know that kind of mm-hmm. uh, that kind of uh, a childhood um, where they don't feel safe, where they don't have a place to, to sleep every time. And I love that you have that focus on them because they uh, they're so vulnerable at that time, you know. That's right. And most of them, they didn't ask to be put in that situation. And, and again, some of them come from very violent neighborhoods. And sometimes their their house, even their home environment is somewhat chaotic. Mm-hmm. Uh, people coming in and out, uh, violent, you know, power not being on, yeah. not having enough to eat. So, so again, yeah, young people have it. Uh, have it pretty hard in the homeless population. And, and again, even with our school system, we've worked it out with our school system that whenever they pick up our, our youth, they're the first ones to be picked up mm-hmm. and then the last ones to be dropped off so that they don't uh, encounter, you know, people, young people can be mean to young people. Mm-hmm. And so we do everything we can to kind of shelter them and, uh, you know, provide a safe haven for them in many ways, mm-hmm. emotionally, physically, uh, and even spiritually, and you know, that's the other, that's our secret sauce is what we say is the mm-hmm. fact that we are a church. And then, you know, a, a lot of our success is built on the fact that we minister to the whole person. Uh, we, we look at their physical aspect. We look at their emotional aspect. Mm-hmm. And not that we force our religious views on anyone. However, we do create an environment where people will ask questions. Well, what makes you different? What, why are you so compassionate? Why mm-hmm. why do you go to such lengths to make yeah. sure that I've got everything that I need? And we're always to say it's our love for Jesus Christ. Mm-hmm. Jesus changed our lives. Jesus gave us redemption. Jesus gave us salvation. Yeah. And it changed us. And therefore, we would love the opportunity to introduce you to Jesus and his saving power. Yeah. That's Hallelujah. Awesome. That's awesome. And I, and I have a lot of conversations with, with – uh, uh, with funding providers and things, uh, people that are uh, work with the county and the city. And one of the questions that we get asked pretty regularly is, do you have requirements for going to church, studying the Bible? Or is that part of what you require in exchange for your services? And, and we, of course, we say no, uh, that's not a requirement. However, you don't have to be here very long to know that we're a faith-based organization, that Jesus Christ is the reason why we do what we do. And uh, I love that you said that. I love that you brought that out because it's. Um, I think it's important that um, uh, we don't have to force Jesus on anybody. I think it's um, when we operate in his will, he's going to be appealing enough that people are going to want to know. Yep. They see the love of God. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, they see the difference. You know, again, we talk about that spiritual light, and I think that spiritual light is what people are drawn to. I mean, again, it's not that you have to force it on, but that natural curiosity or at least the curiosity in their spirit says, there's something different about these folks and I want to know more. Yeah. Well, you also mentioned, um, Major, you mentioned the disaster canteen and taking that out to serve the community right there where, where people find themselves in need. Um, but that tell us a little bit more about that disaster canteen and how you had a chance to use it recently um, to serve those who were in, in need struck by some storms. And again, how was that know, for transition there, Ron? <laughs> That's called a segue. Right, is that a segue? Right. Okay, yeah, okay. <laughs> I, I was trying. I was trying. You're a radio guy at heart. So. Well. <laughs> Absolutely. And again, I, I just, uh, having some experience, I've served on uh, disasters in Houston, uh, on the coast of the Carolinas mm-hmm. with uh, hurricanes. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I spent four years in Alabama, Louisiana, Mississippi, 
to where, if you'll recall, uh, 2017, 2018, 2019, the coast, the Gulf Coast was hammered with hurricanes. Mm-hmm. And then also in, the, in, that, in that division of the Salvation Army, tornadoes. Uh, I mean, we had, in the month of January, 16 tornadoes that come through. Mm. And, and one of the things people don't understand is the Salvation Army has been doing disaster service since the early 1900s mm-hmm. when, the first, when, when, when a hurricane hit Galveston, Texas. And the Salvation Army says, those people need us, yeah. and we rushed into action. The other thing that folks don't understand is we're already there mm-hmm. on the ground in places like Little Rock and Wynn, Arkansas, mm-hmm. and Covington. And, you know, we're already here and have a presence, so it's not like we have to come in from another location. Uh, once we see a threat that's coming, we normally start planning and strategizing, getting our resources together. Uh, whether that's purchasing food, gassing up our canteen, making sure the generator works, that we've got supplies, we've got ice. Yeah. You know, there's a lot of planning that goes into responding to a situation like a tornado or a hurricane mm-hmm. or a flood or a fire. And so that's the preliminary work is, is we get ready. And then once the threat has come and moved out of the area, then we rush in. We yeah. rush in. First of all, we, we go with hot meals, but we go with much more than that. Uh, part of our responsibility through FEMA is mass feeding and emotional spiritual care. Mm-hmm. Yep. So if you can imagine, imagine just for a moment that in just a few moments, everything that you own and have worked for for a lifetime has been wiped away by a tornado or a flood. Just in moments, everything just gone, scattered wow. for blocks and sometimes miles. I mean, family pictures things that you cherish that's been handed down from generation to generation. And imagine pulling up to a place that you used to feel safe and secure in a home. And now it's just a pile of rubble. Mm. People have to have to process that. And so part of what we do when we show up to, to give out, you know, a bottle of water or, or a hot sandwich or a hot meal is we want to, we want to have a shoulder for, for folks to cry on. They need to, Sit down and cry. We we want to be available for folks to to say, you know, I'm hurting. I don't I don't know what to do. I don't know where to go. People get frustrated because they don't know how to report it. Where's FEMA at? Where's where's the resources that's going to help me put my home back together? Right. And so the Salvation Army can be that bridge, uh, can be that shoulder, can be that support to say. You know, I don't know. I don't have all the answers, but we're here with you. Mm. And we'll help you make phone calls. Here's our phone. Here's a number you can call. Or we know that the the FEMA trailer is, you know, two blocks down. Make sure you go down there and file a claim. We're able to help them walk through the process of what it takes to to at least get started. And that's, that's the response part of what the Salvation Army does. We want to thank you for listening to today's episode of The Salvation Army's Behind the Shield. We'll be back right after this break with this week's devotional. So please, don't go anywhere. And welcome back to the Salvation Army's Behind the Shield. My name is Ron, and I am joined by our area commander, Major Cameron Henderson, and he has this week's devotional. Major? Well, thank you. Thanks, Ron. Um, it's uh, shaping up to be a really great uh, show today. I'm enjoying it uh, a whole lot, mm-hmm. and uh, I'm in the room with somebody who's uh, um, speaking with us as well, and uh, they are awesome people. I'll let you um, meet them mm-hmm. in just a bit. 
But um, we just uh, uh, we just enjoyed a season and are in the middle of a season of of Easter and Holy Week. Mm-hmm. And um, last Sunday we celebrated Palm Sunday, and yep. um, and then Easter Sunday, and just um, an important time in the in the Christian calendar. Yeah. I'm not I'm sure I'm not telling you any news. If if that's news to you, let me know. <laughs> and then, I need to have a separate conversation with you. What? But Easter, anyway, yeah, okay. Um, but um, we had a wonderful time actually gathering together the three different corps. In the Salvation Army, we would call them core, not just local churches, right. but it's a core, military terminology. And, and in Knoxville, mm-hmm. we had the Knoxville Corps and the Maryville Corps and the uh, Sevierville Corps mm-hmm. all come together and had a wonderful time of, of worship together, and uh, that was on Palm Sunday. And um, I had a chance to speak on Palm Sunday, and I was excited to do that. And and um, the the passage I used is from Luke chapter nineteen, because when Jesus enters into Jerusalem, it's actually listed in all four Gospels. Yeah. So Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John all speak about the time when Jesus entered into Jerusalem, and what what we call now the triumphal entry. Mm-hmm. And um, and in, in Luke, it's in Luke chapter nineteen. And as the, all the parade is going on. All the people who knew that Jesus was the one who raised Lazarus from the dead. Mm-hmm. Um, if you haven't gotten that part to that part yet, in chosen. Sorry for the uh, you know the, uh, the spoiler, but um, he raised Lazarus from the dead, and um, they either had seen that or knew it or were testifying about it. And so the crowds were really getting um, getting uh, uh, full, yeah. and people were coming because they knew he's the one. And um, so I'm not going to go through all of what. Palm Sunday is and the triumphal entry, except that they knew that the king was here and they knew this was our king. They were excited and they were celebrating and it was joyful and, and you know, all of the celebration uh, was going on all around Jesus as he was riding into Jerusalem on this on this donkey. Right. And, um, and hallelujah. And they were waving these victory branches and they were excited because they thought everything was finished and now finally they could have peace and they could have, um, you know, uh, well, they could have that um, uh, victory over their enemies. As they're celebrating and rejoicing, imagine this crowd and this excitement and everything, and then suddenly turning and looking towards the center of the crowd, which is Jesus, and discovering he's weeping as he comes in. And everyone else is rejoicing, and, and they're crying for joy, and he's obviously suffering. Yeah. And in Luke chapter 19, verse 14, uh, excuse me, verse uh, 42, he says this, How I wish today that you of all people would understand the way to peace. But now it's too late, and peace is hidden from your eyes. And actually he goes on in verse 44 to say, that you did not recognize it when God visited you. Some other versions say you didn't recognize the time of God's visiting. Mm-hmm. Um, they just didn't understand what was happening, and they didn't understand what peace they were actually celebrating mm-hmm. and what peace he was going to bring and what it, what peace would cost. Yeah. Um, so you, you leave that for a moment, and then you move to John uh, to the book of John in chapter 19. And um, a friend of mine in a devotional time this morning, I had pointed out John chapter 19 to me, and I was looking that uh, over with him and, and the group. And um, it talked about the time when Jesus, now this is a few days later, this is Friday when he was actually crucified on the cross. Mm-hmm. Jesus, because of our sin, allowed himself or sent himself to the cross to yeah. die for our sin. And, and um, why did he do that? 
they didn't understand what it would be to bring you peace. Mm-hmm. But he would bring them peace, and he knew what it would mean. What it would mean? Right. It would mean going to the cross. So, hardly a celebration in his mind and in his heart, except for the celebration of victory over it. Mm-hmm. That's why we see in John chapter nineteen, now in verse twenty-eight, we see this happen. Jesus says these things. Uh, where is it? Yeah. Jesus knew, so he's hanging on the cross. He's about to, to die from dying from hanging on the cross and says this, verse 28, Jesus knew that his mission was now finished. That was a powerful statement to me. He knew, I've done it. I've accomplished it for the Lord, for the Father. He knew that his mission was now finished. And in verse 30, when Jesus it, it tasted the, the, the vinegar the, that they tried to give him, he said he was thirsty, but he said these words, it is finished. Mm-hmm. It is finished. And then he bowed his head, and he gave up his spirit. What's finished? What was finished? His death? Was that what was finished? Is he saying, I give up? Um, what was finished? Is he saying, my life here on earth is finished? I don't think that's what he's saying at all. In fact, it goes back to that Luke 19 passage a few days before when he said, I'm come to bring you peace. You don't understand what it is, peace, and you don't understand what will bring you peace, but I've come to bring you peace. And here, hanging on the cross, he says, it is finished. What did he mean? How do we understand that better? The next chapter of John, now in verse 20. Because now we're in resurrection day, you know. Mm-hmm. He is now ris- risen from the dead. Hallelujah. And praise the Lord. And we celebrate that Easter morning. And we, and we rejoice about it. Really, all, all, week long, all of Holy Week is all about the resurrection, even though it took quite a bit to get to the resurrection day. But here he says, it is finished. And then in John now, chapter 20, starting in verse 19, he begins to speak to them about something else. It was the same topic that he left off before. And he arrives um, to appear in front of his disciples. It says that Sunday evening, the disciples were meeting behind locked doors because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And suddenly Jesus was standing there among them. And he says these words, peace be with you. Wait a minute. There's that thing again. Peace. As he spoke, He showed them the wounds in his hands and in his side, and they were filled with joy when they saw the Lord. So here he is saying to them, his words are active, right? When he says things, creation happens. Mm -hmm. So when he says to them, peace be with you, peace comes to them. That's not just a a cute little saying. He's not just saying hello. Yeah. He's actually sending something to them. He's sending mm-hmm. peace to them. Peace be with you. Peace be created in you and, and all those things. So here he is giving them peace and saying to them peace. But he's also, remember those words, weeping, saying you don't know what it would take to bring you peace. Yeah. And so he shows them, verse 20, he showed them the wounds in his hands and his sides. Yep. This is what it took to bring you peace. This is who I am, so you know it's still me. I'm not a ghost. This is really me. This truly is me. But that's what it took to bring them peace. And they were filled with joy as they saw the Lord. And then he says to them, now he's going to say even more clearly, the same word, that theme. He said again, peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, so I am sending you. And then he breathed on them and said, receive the Holy Spirit. Look at that. 
There's the complete story. Mm-hmm. Not just dying on the cross and forgiving their sins. That is the start towards giving them peace. But now he is sending the Holy Spirit into their lives and into their hearts. Yeah. That is giving them peace. Amen. You don't understand the peace that I want to bring to you. You don't understand the peace that I have and I'm giving to you. I'm not only forgiving your sins, I am now giving you the Holy Spirit. Uh, Paul would, would later say not just that the, God, that the peace of God would be with you, he says the God of peace will be with you. Mm-hmm. And so here it is, the God of peace given to them as he breathed on them and he said to them, receive the Holy Spirit. There is the gift of true peace. Can I take it one more step further? Sure. Good, I was going to, because it's awesome, because it's not just giving you peace. Remember what he said, as the Father has sent me to bring you peace, as the Father has sent me, so, in other words, in the same way, as the Father did, so I am sending you. Mm -hmm. Just like the Father sent me, I'm sending you. And then in 23, it says this, now they've received the Holy Spirit in 23, If you forgive anyone's sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. I'm sending you to help others find peace. Yeah. What a full circle. Mm -hmm. What an awesome understand what an awesome Easter story. I've come to bring something to you that's vital that you desperately need. It's not freedom from the struggles here on earth. It's not those things. I know you want those things. What it is is true peace with each other, true peace with God, true peace and settlement in your heart. Peace is as, it, as I was created to be. Peace, um, a, a connection and, a, and a, well, an intimate connection with the Father. Peace, a connection with my brothers and sisters here on earth without, without um, fighting and, and, and warring and those kinds of things, but just that connection, that true community. But then to be able to not just receive peace from him, to receive the Holy Spirit to give me peace, but yeah. then to say, what I have received from the Lord I now give to you. Yeah. And to say to my brothers and sisters, I give you peace. Amen. So praise the Lord. God bless you, all of you, as you go out there and help others find peace. As you rejoice in the Father who's given you peace, as you rejoice in the Son who made the way to peace, as you rejoice in the Holy Spirit who is your peace in your heart, and then God bless you as you help others find the Trinity, the God of peace. Amen. God bless you. We'll be right back. So we kind of move into maybe providing some short-term housing, whether that's through uh, providing vouchers to a hotel, or you know maybe it's other resources, maybe some long-term sheltering, or or at least getting them into uh, uh, resources that will help them get into an apartment, a short-term lease, or something like that. And then also helping them with maybe buying groceries uh, so that they can start getting reestablished. Uh, that's sort of what we do uh, mm. is the, the response and the recovery. Yeah. Any questions? I mean, I, I yeah. know I kind of spit that out pretty fast, but 
I'm right. sure there's things that you'd like to dig into. Well, uh, response and recovery, and that's um, that's actually uh, the, the two phases of emergency management where Salvation Army thrives. I, uh, uh, emergency management is near and dear to my heart. Um, I, in my last role, I worked with a, a, a national radio network, which is, um, it's an odd thing, but they actually had a uh, crisis response care department. And part of our job was to travel and train first and secondary responders in critical incident stress management. And all of that is meant to help them manage stress. And in many of these cases, such as these, these, uh, and any crises where you guys are responding and where Salvation Army goes in, there is an, an amount of psychological recovery that has to happen. And the emotional and spiritual care is a huge component uh, of that. And so, uh, I have seen Salvation Army do that. Now, fortunately we're in an area that, yeah, we have, we have some things, some natural disasters that happen from time to time, but it's usually wildfires, maybe some flooding, uh, maybe tornadoes every now and then, but we're not known for an area that gets hit very hard with those things, fortunately. Um, but on the occasion that it does, you know, it's very important that we're trained, that we're prepared, ready to be there and ready to respond. And um, for you guys that are further out west there, see those things a little more often. And uh, I'm very grateful for you guys being there and being prepared to, to roll and respond and to be there for folks. Uh, all, all the more reason for us to be ready because um, sometimes if it doesn't hit us, mm-hmm. it, uh, we're ready to respond to help you all or help others. Yeah. Um, and I know you've been able to do that. I think you had a chance to do that recently. You, you told me you went to win, I believe, recently. Um, and you've sent Covington. the crew out to Covington yeah. as well. So what, um, what kind of things did y'all have the opportunity to do? I don't know the scope of that, um, response, but to what kind of things did you have a chance to do there? And I know you only have a couple minutes left. Actually, um, we're recording this ahead of time because we wanted uh, to catch uh, major Hunter and he's preparing for, um, um, uh, the Easter weekend and all those different things. So yeah. thank you for stopping for just a minute in your busyness. <laughs> um, so I appreciate that very much. Um, but what kind of things did you have a chance to see when you were there or to do to help others um, in that response? So, yeah, I, one of the things that I kind of glossed over that's uh, probably uh, an important aspect, and Ron, you, you really kind of touched on that and reminded me, is one of the things that we do, we do minister a lot to uh, the victims, those that's been impacted by uh, disaster. But we also are there as a resource for first responders. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and when we went out to win uh, Saturday and Sunday, primarily we were there uh, for first responders because they were still doing search and rescue. Uh, they were still assessing the situation. Uh, one of my conversations was with one of the law, in, law enforcement officers. He had over two days, uh, tw- 48 hours, he had only had uh, about 12 hours sleep. Uh, and his house had also been impacted. So here he's on duty making sure that the city is safe and protected, mm-hmm. uh, all the while knowing that he's got uh, damage to his house and his family's disrupted. Uh, so we were able to talk with him. We were able to, to, to pray with him, to give him some encouragement, to, to give him time to, you know, to, to talk through what he was feeling. Uh, so yeah, that that is a, a big part of it. So we were able to go to win. Uh, we were closer uh, than some of the other resources in, in the Salvation Army world. So we went over to kind of do a, a temporary response until uh, the division 
there in Oklahoma and Arkansas was able to to get there. Uh, they were responding to Little Rock and deployed resources there. And so we went to when to do a couple things. One is to do that immediate response of providing meals uh, to those who needed it, but also to feed information back to our leaders who were her planning and strategizing to say, here's what the need is. Here's what it looks like on the ground. Uh, here's the resources that you're going to need to deploy from other areas. Mm. And so that's kind of what we did while we were in Lynn. We were able to connect with uh, other partners who were in, in the facility or in the uh, proximity. Uh, we were able to say, you know, here's people that are feeding. Here's where the shelters are. Here are the city officials that you need to get in contact with. Uh, so that's a lot of what we do is build those partnerships and those collaborations mm-hmm. because we don't want to duplicate services and we don't want to be in places that were not needed. So finding out what that immediate need is and then uh, providing services to those needs are, are the most important things. <clears throat> Praise the Lord. That's just awesome. I'm so glad you had the opportunity to be there and to do that. Um, but I know it meant um, kind of hanging up your your shoes uh, in the hard work you're doing there in Memphis that you already described so that you can say, let me go help somebody else in, in great need. So praise the Lord for you and for your team. I know if you had multiple responses out in different places, that meant you sent you had to send out resources all over. So praise the Lord for your staff who went, your volunteers who went, the members of, we call them soldiers in the Salvation Army, members of the church, uh, but uh, part of the fight. So whoever went with you, praise the Lord for them. I know they are. And in, in Little Rock, um, our uh, business manager here, some of the, the audience may know Tammy, and um, she was saying her, in Little Rock, her son's neighborhood was demolished just a couple of houses from his house. And so fortunately he only had a little bit, but he said Salvation Army is up here serving meals and, and trying to help us out. So uh, it was neat for her to say, yeah, look, it's 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 really true. It, they're right here. So praise the Lord and, for that. And you, right. And you bring up a good point. You know, the pictures that you see on TV, mm-hmm. they do a, a decent job of, of giving you an idea but it's not like being there on the ground and looking and seeing, you know, where a tornado has just tore things apart. And it looks like, you know, a bomb just went off and things exploded and there's debris everywhere. Uh, yeah, absolutely. And the Salvation Army is good about uh, getting its resources together. We were, we were fortunate enough to where we could pause some things. We have some great soldiery and some volunteers and, and employees who are willing to say, you know, wherever you need me, mm-hmm. I'm there. Uh, even if it takes away from their personal time, uh, they're willing to really kick in because they know the importance of meeting human need uh, without discrimination, but also having an opportunity to preach the gospel, which is our mission. Yeah. Amen. Hallelujah. I know you had a lot of folks with you there. And just so our folks that are listening um, can understand the value of volunteerism, uh, because we have a lot of volunteer needs here in our area command, just like I'm sure you do. Um, how important is it for you guys to have volunteers when you go into a situation like that? Yes, uh, I, I cannot say, you know, that need is very great. And we could, the Salvation Army could never do what it does without volunteers. Right. You know, we, we do need those monetary uh, gifts and support, but we also need those commitments of hours and times we need folks that can, can help cook, mm-hmm. you, you know, uh, cooking and preparing meals. We need, we need folks that can, can get into a mobile kitchen, which we call a canteen, 
uh, and drive out to an area and just serve meals. We need folks that are compassionate and are able just to be there to listen and to, to give out hugs and to, yeah. to give prayer and those kind of things. So, so there's a lot of opportunities for a vast array of skill sets. And so, yeah, for your listeners, if they've ever thought about, you know, I'd like to volunteer for the Salvation Army, I strongly encourage people to, to come and to a local Salvation Army and, and find a way to volunteer. We have tons of things uh, around the year. A lot of people think that it's the only time that we need volunteers is around Christmas when we're mm-hmm. ringing the bell. Yep. But no, we need it year round. We, mm-hmm. we need folks that have financial skills that can teach budgeting classes or maybe even tutoring or even mentoring a young person. So there's, mm. there's a lot of opportunities for people to volunteer, going out on a canteen and serving or cooking, uh, just being available uh, and helping. That, mm. that, that is what the Salvation Army does. That's part of our ranks. That's part of a, being an army has been able to mobilize both uh, volunteer forces, employed forces, and even our officers. Amen. Well, listen, I know you want to get back to um, cooking that Seder feast, that Passover meal, and getting ready for that. And, again, we'll hear that on Easter, uh, Monday after Easter. And so I know we'll have a wonderful celebration on uh, on Easter Sunday. Um, so uh, praise the Lord. And if you're, if you're listening to this and you don't have a place to go, maybe you missed Easter Sunday, but you say, you know what, I need to connect with the Lord in some way or another, um, come find us at the Salvation Army. Uh, maybe you're listening to this all, all over the place on a podcast, mm-hmm. and, um, and you're near Memphis. Go check out uh, Major Mark Hunter and the Salvation Army and your wonderful wife, Major Lori Hunter, and the Salvation Army and their work down over there. So praise the Lord for that. Um, but I uh, just want to say thanks. And, and let me offer this. Um, can I practice a little bit of development? Well, Ron? of course. All right. I'm, I'm not auditioning <laughs> for your job. You do that much better than me. But I know folks want to help, and we're not collecting donations for this work for us here in uh, Knoxville or even in Memphis. Um, but if you want to help the Salvation Army, and it goes directly to support the work in disaster services, um, and it all goes there, it's uh, www.helpsalvationarmy.org www.helpsalvationarmy.org or you can call 1-800-SAL-ARMY or 800-725-2769 so helpsalvationarmy.org or 800-SAL-ARMY and those donations go to help and support the work we've just been describing um, all different kinds of work uh, from tornadoes to to uh, other, other um, events that happened either before or may come in the future anyway alright well thank you yeah, I appreciate that. How'd I do? Yeah. <laughs> you did great. No, it's, well, it's great. I know a lot of people say, I want to help, but I'm not there. What can yeah. I do? And I know a lot of people want to collect stuff and send them out there, but it actually takes so much um, work to work through those things. So we really need the, the, the donations help. I know to be able to send directly to you when you're out in the field, I need to make sandwiches or I need to cook some more spaghetti or I need to, to buy more Kleenexes for these people that I'm loving and caring for. And so what you need is is cash to be able to go get what you got to get fast. So yeah. um, that's really, really, really is the best way to help if you want to be part of that. All right. Well, Major, uh, Major Mark Hunter, thank you so much again for spending some time with us today. Uh, truly appreciate it. We are, uh, uh, we're honored to, to have you as a guest and honored to have you out there, uh, doing the work that you're doing. Uh, thank well, you so much. Thank you for, yeah, thank you for your invitation. And it's always important uh, for us to be able to tell our story. And, right. and I appreciate the fact that you guys are doing this. Uh, we too, and Memphis is doing a podcast. And, and so we're trying to let people see what goes on behind the red shield. And, That's right. 
that, you know, a lot of people, once they become volunteers, they are amazed once they get behind the red shield and they see what goes on behind the shield. Uh, so it's great that you guys are doing this uh, radio ministry. Yeah. Well, well thank let, you for the invitation and the opportunity. Well, let me ask you this too. Uh, if you wouldn't mind, go ahead and plug your podcast. Uh, what's the name of that podcast and where can people find it? Yeah. If you just go to our website here in Memphis, uh, so that's the Memphis Salvation Army, uh, dot org, uh, mm-hmm. you can go and you'll see that there'll be a link at the top to where you can get access to those. We're also on Apple and also on Spotify. Nice. Okay. Very good. Well, um, once again, Major Hunter, thank you for joining us. Yeah, amen. And, uh, Thanks, friend. Yep, we're gonna thank uh, you. You all be safe and enjoy celebrating this holy week. Amen. You yes, gotta listen sir. to the music here. Yeah. Here it comes. <laughs> Thanks for listening to the Salvation Army's Behind the Shield. If you have an idea for a guest or for any questions about the show, reach out to us at ron.day at uss.salvationarmy.org. Or you can visit salvationarmysoundcast.org forward slash BTS for more information.